Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. What's good? Happy hump day, everybody. Wines Day, Whiskey Wednesday. I don't know, wheat-based shot day. I Whatever. Is you do whatever you want to do today. Wait, is I that know. a thing? I, I don't think so. I'm oh. just trying to cover all the bases and be <laughs> inclusive here, Kat. <laughs> you never know. Welcome to another episode of After 9. We got some great stuff that we're going to go over today. Before we do, and we don't do it very often in After 9, but let's talk a little sports. First off, the Leafs last night were the Leafs team that for three years we've been waiting for. They were awesome start to finish. They played decent defense, great offense, goals from Marner, Nylander, and two from Matthews. That's exactly why we've got this insane payroll in Toronto for those three guys to go out and do their thing. Did you watch the game? I did, actually. I did watch the game. And I, I, I mean, I felt all the feels on that one. It's tough, right? Because in the beginning, you want to come up with a lot of excuses, especially when they're not doing so hot. And there were a couple of games where they were not doing so hot. Uh, but you you got to stay the course and figure out if there is a good consistency. And I think that they do have a lot of the ingredients. It's just like, if they can't make the ingredients work this time, you just know in the back of your mind, like, again, we have to talk about, do we blow it up and start over? I know I use the word we, and I hate when people do that because I am not in the Leafs management. But a lot of us who are diehard fans, we feel as though we're a part of it. But I'm glad they did make some changes. Um, and I think that that's helped in terms of where the players are and the lines and everything else. So I, I, it looked good. Yeah, it did look good. I, uh, I'm optimistic about this year, and I wasn't even just three games ago, but they've now won three in a row, all against American opponents, and I'm here for it. Keep it up, boys. Keep it up. The 0-2. Left side, Swanson to first. The World Series has come to an end. That means baseball season is over. Second of November and baseball is still being played. And I get that there's parts of America that are warm most of the year. But here's my proposal for baseball. And I'm not the first person to suggest it, but I really think it's time. Shorten the goddamn boring as shit regular season. Add more teams to the playoffs. Let's get her done by about halfway through October. What do you guys think? Hmm. Huh? Huh? They don't need to play that many regular season games. Expand the playoffs. Let more teams have a crack at it, and let's fucking go. And if you don't mind, get the Yankees and the Red Sox out of the Jays division. That would make things a lot easier. You know, and and from a business standpoint, what you're saying would still make sense, but only for the teams who did well, right? Because if you're going to cut back on those regular season games and you're a shitty team, you're going to take away some of the profit that you would have otherwise had during those regular season games where you're still in it. Once the series starts up, you're out, you're not profiting at all. So that's where you run into some problems with teams that aren't doing so hot, right? Oh, you know Just what? from a money standpoint, Sit- they, don't, they won't like it. Sitting at the fucking dome in August watching the Milwaukee Brewers or the Minnesota Twins or something like that, there's just no fucking point. Shorten it up. Let's get to the playoffs, which are basically guaranteed sellouts and create some incentive for teams to do better in the regular season. You know, it's not just the top team goes mm-hmm. on. Let's put more teams in the playoffs. Let's do a bracket like hockey or like uh, basketball. We're not talking NFL here, guys. Let's do this. Um, Let's get to it here, Kat. I want to start off by talking about this woman. She's on Reddit asking the simple question, am I an asshole? 
She tells her story. We judge her. So let's dive into this. She exposed her sister for lying about being pregnant to save her relationship. This woman learned of her sister's lie after receiving an anonymous message and decided to give her sister a chance to come clean on her own. I'll read it to you. Okay. My sister Katie and her boyfriend Mark have been on again, off again for 15 years. They had a bad fight, and it seems like Mark broke up with her for good this time. That's when Katie revealed to Mark she's pregnant. Mark and everybody were thrilled. They started planning the baby shower. They had a Google Doc that was shared with everyone they wanted to attend for gift ideas. Things took a bit of a turn when the sister here got an anonymous message on Facebook claiming her sister wasn't actually pregnant and was faking the whole thing. She says, I didn't believe it. But when I confronted my sister about it, she confessed to me. That's legit. She's not pregnant. So I told her she had to tell everyone the truth. She refused. She said she would get pregnant soon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, but I will be. By the way, what a stupid thing to say when you've been caught in a massive lie is, oh, but I will do that thing that I lied about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The sister says, I couldn't keep my mouth shut after I heard all the money people were spending on this imaginary baby. My parents bought a very expensive crib and some other furniture, and that fancy baby shower was coming out of Mark's parents' wallets. People were buying items on the baby registry that were very expensive. So the woman texted her sister one more time, giving her the chance to come clean. She refused, so she ended up sending an email around to everyone in the family, letting them know the truth. Before I tell you the outcome, Is she an asshole for outing her sister or should she have kept it to herself, minded her own business and let Mark and and Katie deal with this in due time? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to go. We're talking about pretending that a life is coming into the world. There's a lot of little nitpicky things that someone could out someone for. Uh, This is a big deal. Um, So I'm going to say no, she's not an asshole. Hmm. Interesting. Is there anything to be said, though, for, uh, yeah, you know, that's a little shady. And yes, it's putting people out, but it's really none of your business. So Mm-mm. nice thought, but just keep it to yourself. But Is there I, anything to that? No, because I find that hard to, you can't really justify that it's none of your business because it's weighing on you. Now you're putting other people in a really shitty spot, specifically in this case, your sister. Your sister whom you should love, respect, and now you're putting her in that shitty position of, you know, a really horrible secret of mine. I'm going to make you hopefully just continue to shut your mouth on that. That's weighing on her sister, too. That's a big secret to keep. We're not just talking about, hey, you know, he didn't he doesn't like when I, you know, a smoke and I smoked one. I'm like, okay, you know what? Nobody's getting hurt there. Nobody's spending big money on things, changing your life around okay, you know what, let's let that slide. I'm not going to tell the guy that you had a smoke, for example. It's not a nitpicky thing. We're talking about somebody faking bringing a baby into the world. So I think that there is nothing wrong in this case. Here's the part that people get stuck on. And I'm going to go a little deep on this one because when it comes to family, people, some people believe, oh, no matter what it is, you do things for your family. And in some cases, that seems nice, you know? 
it just because they're blood related to you doesn't mean what they're doing is okay. And it certainly doesn't mean that they can drag you down and make you feel like shit holding on to a secret that you know would make a lot of people feel a lot better if it was let out. And, and eventually people will get hurt ultimately right off the top. But at the end of the day, at the end of all of it, you know that it's for the best. And just because that person happens to be your family doesn't mean you owe them that. If we're talking about this, this thing that could hurt so many people that is hurting so many people and they don't even know it. Like this is a big lie. This is, by the way, I think an extreme sociopath and she should probably get a lot of mental help. Anyone who fakes a pregnancy, and I've seen it before, heard of, heard of it before, faking a pregnancy, faking a miscarriage, just to try to stay with somebody, you don't realize the harm that you're doing to people around you. That is serious. That is an absolute, like that should be one of those things that should be illegal. Like you should not be able to do that. That is fraud in my opinion. So I think when it comes to shit like that, don't worry about the fact you're blood related. If what you know that they're doing is wrong, you need to speak up about it. And I'm glad that the sister did. And, and if she loses that relationship with her sister, so be it. You know, it's, it sucks, but we don't all get along holding hands and in running around in daffodil fields just because we're blood related. We're still people at the end of the day. And her sister happens to be a terrible one. Okay, let me ask you one more hypothetical before I tell you how it ended. Would it have been better, because you think it's okay that she outed her sister, would it have been better for this woman to simply let the parents know? Did she need to email everybody on the baby registry to say, she's lying, she's not really pregnant, you just wasted your money, take that gift back? Or could she have just told the key players that need to know? Or... Could she have just gone to Mark and said, so, you know, my sister is conning you. She's not actually pregnant. No matter what happened, that we would all crumble. No matter what she would have done, that would have crumbled. Because you tell just Mark, still, we know that that, that's what's going to happen. They're all going to find out. Everyone's going to find out eventually. Don't forget, too, she gave her the chance. She gave her the chance to... At least, I don't know if she would have redeemed herself fully, but at least come clean. Hey, be honest or I'm going to tell. Like, you got to do this. I'll give you the opportunity to do it the way you want to do it, how you want to do it. You got to tell him. And she turned that down, knowing full well that either way it would probably crumble. Or maybe she didn't realize because she's that so far gone. I don't know. But it's, I think it's okay. Because everybody was a victim. Anybody who was like, oh... You know, let's let's buy into the registry right away. Or, oh, I'm going to put money aside. Here's money for the crib. Let me help you with this. All the shit that happens when you first become pregnant was happening to her. I just, again, I do think she's obviously a sociopath. Because how can you go through all of that and have all your loved ones be there for you, doing all these things for you, and then know deep down that it's a lie? I don't, it's, it's, it's horrible. So this, again, I, I go back to the sister shouldn't have to hang on to that. And if she has to let everybody know that way to make sure that everyone knows as soon as possible so that they can take back gifts or do what they have to do, whether it's financially or even in their own mind, give them time to process it before they talk to her, if they ever want to talk to her again, then fine. Okay. Katie and Mark broke up for good this time. Katie is no longer speaking to her sister that outed her to the entire family and all their friends. Nobody is happy now. Nobody. So one more question. Now that you know, 
The relationship is over. Everybody is unhappy. People aren't speaking to each other. Mm -hmm. Do you still think that she should have said something? Or is this just the fallout from Katie's lie? I mean, it's a fallout from her lie. She should be the one that goes to each individual person, but she probably won't because I'm going to say it again. She's a sociopath that doesn't realize the impact she makes on other people negatively. But she should go out of her way to apologize individually to each and every one. And then there's a possibility that some relationships can mend. Until she does that, it's never going to be fixed. And whether or not the sister had said something, it would have crumbled and people would have been pissed off regardless. Okay, hot takes. You can weigh in on that if you want. DM us at Scott Fox on air or at Cat on air on Instagram. Remember, that's Cat with a K. Switching gears. The top baby names of 2021 are out. (laughs) It's been a minute, but for the first time in over a decade, Sophia is not the top name for a girl. First time in a decade. Wow. The most popular name for a girl in 2021. Olivia. Olivia, yeah. Followed by Emma, Amelia, Ava, Sophia, Charlotte, Isabella, Mia, Luna, and Harper. Actually, I like all of those names. Those are all great names. They are great names. Let's talk about the boys for a second. For a third year in a row, the most popular boy's name. Liam. Liam, followed by Noah, Oliver, Elijah, Lucas, Levy or Levi, Mason, Asher, James, and Ethan. You know, that kind of reminds me, I don't know if it's Levy or Levi, but that's always a shitty thing when your name is kind of subjective and people have to decide on their own how to pronounce it. Yeah, I I would go with a Levi, I think. They say pop culture names were huge this year, and it was mainly because we watched so much TV during lockdown. They say the names Keely, Roy, Jamie, Bex, and Rupert from Ted Lasso were all up. <laughs> Sorry, that's a great Who name. Who the fuck named their kid after a character from Ted Lasso? Well, it's really? fine, but like, so did you say Rupert? I mean, I haven't, I haven't even seen any... <laughs> know anyone with that name it's just i've just you know those names where it's hard to like put a a baby's face to it rupert's one for me i can't like he just comes out as rupert and we're just supposed to deal with that (laughs) (laughs) what is the short form for that don't rupert's come out like 30 years old already like i i don't know it's strange rupee uh roops Uh, purdy (laughs) (laughs) we could call you pert from now on it's a pert hey pert pert They say a few royal names rose in popularity, including Lilibet, Queen Elizabeth's nickname, and because Prince Harry and Meghan Markle chose it for their daughter, Lilibet, Diana, Archie, Charlotte, Louis, and Philip also jumped up the list. There's a couple of political names that rose in popularity this year. There was a lot of Ruths born in honor of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Kamala was up 22% year Ah, over year with the election of Kamala Harris. With all the time we spend indoors, outdoor names they say were big, including Bear, Forest, and Everest, very popular for boys. For girls, Dahlia, Magnolia, and Willow were all popular this year. And then they say there was a few stranger names. I'm almost embarrassed to have to say this, but as it turns out, quite a few of the more popular 
Peloton instructors did very well with people naming their kids after them. Cody, Rigsby, Robin, Allie, and Adrian were all popular this year. That's being attributed to Peloton. What the fuck is going on here? What? You like to ride a bike in your house and thought, I'm going to name my kid after that bastard that's telling me I suck? Really? (laughs) (laughs) Come on. You named your kid after your Peloton instructor? That's a weird one for me. I don't know. I mean, if you think about maybe some of those people did feel like they needed to get healthier in order to bring a baby into the world. And, you know, there's sometimes there's stories behind it. And it's not just about, oh, yeah, Peloton instructor, like the name. Sometimes there's, it's a little deeper. So, all right. I guess, hey, whatever you name your kid is totally up to you. Just uh, be kind. Be kind. If you name your kid Rupert, you're asking for it. I'm sorry, but that's on you. That's true. <laughs> this is a great thread. BuzzFeed published it, but it originated on Reddit. 10 everyday things that should probably be illegal. Let's take a deeper dive into this cat. The number one thing that people agreed that happens all the time that is legal, but probably shouldn't be sending your kid to school when they're sick should be against the law. Okay, new mom. How do we feel about this one? Yeah, I mean, against the law, it depends on, it it would depend on what we're talking about here. Are we talking about issuing a ticket? Because I think that that would deter a lot of parents from bringing their kids when they know full well that they're sick to school if they knew, or daycare, whatever the setting might be, if they knew, ah, I don't want to really want to risk a fine. That's one that's so easy to argue, though, Scott. You can't prove for a fact That's the problem with it. You can't prove for a fact the parent knew. There's a lot of occasions where kids will say things, right? Like, I don't know if I feel good or or they're sniffling, but it's cold outside, for example. And you're just like, okay. And you truly don't know until you get a phone call. And it's like, hey, can you pick up your kid? Your kid is most definitely like snotty nosed and starting to spark a fever here. How would you know that? You really don't. Some people take advantage of that, though. They'll lie and claim, oh, what? They were perfectly fine this morning or last night. And they're they're lying. But you can't really prove it. So that, that's a difficult one for me. It is a difficult one because part of the problem here is there's a lot of people who don't have another option. They can't go to work unless their kid goes to school and they can't afford to take a day off work because their kid is sick. And that's part of the reason that so many kids do go to school when they're sick. Well, we've seen how quickly infections and, and things like that can spread through schools. We've seen it crystal clear in front of our eyes for the last year and a half. So I think the compromise there is probably if the teacher notices a kid is sick, send them down to the office. And if the school nurse or the secretary, which would receive some basic training, agrees, yeah, like you're blowing snot bubbles. You're obviously sick. You shouldn't have come to school today. We're going to write up mom, not a criminal charge or sorry, or dad or the parents or whomever. Somebody's getting written up and we'll call it, say, a $150 fine. Would that help? Could that offset the cost of bringing in more school nurses or uh, paying for for some of the shit that schools need to pay for? Yeah, I mean, again, I I find it hard to prove it. But if you could find a solid way to prove it, then sure. Yeah, sniffles are one thing. I'm thinking if it's sick, like if they're obviously sick. I mean, if the kid's fucking green or something, they probably shouldn't have come to school. Yeah. Or if, for example, here's a good example of one where you're definitely caught red handed. A sibling's sick and a sibling's already been off. 
and you know that, then if there's a way to prove it that way, like, okay, you knew that this was a, there was a good shot that they're sick because their sibling is sick or someone else in the house is sick. So don't tell me you didn't know that they were coming down with this cold or flu, whatever it is. Well, listen, there's a lot of people who are probably hearing that idea thinking maybe it's practical, but I don't want them to do it because I'm one of those people who needs to send my kid to school. I can't be staying home every time they get the sniffles. The odds of your kid catching the sniffles and getting sick would be a lot less overall if nobody sent their kid to school sick. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I hear you. Number two. Radio commercials that play car horns and sirens and crash sounds. (laughs) We have some very good friends that make a good living producing those car horns and sirens and crash sounds. Okay. But yeah, it's weird. Commercial and I'll add songs. Yeah. Songs to that because there are some songs that have the sirens and you're like, whoa. And if maybe you're hearing it for the first time, you don't know. But otherwise, I'll keep mental note. If I'm hearing a song, like, oh, yeah, the siren's going to go off. And I know what that sounds like. But otherwise, it's rude. Another one from the list, leaving a shopping cart in a parking space instead of returning it to the store or to the cart corral. Okay, hallelujah on that one, yes. You listen here, you sons of bitches. And I'm talking specifically to you people that think it's okay to just leave a cart sitting in the middle of the parking lot. I don't care if you are in a hurry. I don't care if you think, well, somebody gets paid to do that, so I don't need to. Lose the attitude, stop being an asshole, put your cart back. That's all there is to it. Now, there's only one exception that I can think of here. And it's not the the new mom struggling with the baby, because I've heard that one before. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't put my cart back. I've got to put my kid in the car. So put your kid in the car and take the cart back. It's not hard. The one that I would probably give a little bit of grace for is a senior citizen who is differently abled. If you're a 75-year-old and you just had to run to Longo's to pick up your groceries for the week and you have mobility issues, Mm -hmm. I could probably look the other way on that. If I saw that, I'd offer to take your cart back for you. Thank you. And that's a good point, too, is when you do see that, help that person so that everybody else, you know, can be okay, like, won't be upset about it. Nobody should ever ever go off on an old person just trying to get through so if you see that help people who cut in front of you on the highway and then slow down all right let's do it again listen here you sons of bitches (laughs) if i'm driving in the center lane and you're in the right lane and you speed up to get in front of me in the center lane and then slow down once you're in front of me you can fuck right off yep I was doing perfectly fine in my lane. You were doing okay in yours. Why'd you cut in front of me and bring everybody down? That's how traffic jams start. It's not always volume. It's not always accidents. If everybody drove the proper speed, things would be good. But there's too many people that keep slowing down. And when you slow down, I got to slow down. The person behind me has got to slow down. And before you know it, you've just sent a kilometer's worth of cars touching their brakes for no good reason. Stop that shit. Stay in the right lane. Yeah, honestly. And I've seen it before where police officers have gotten right up that person's butt that should be in in a different lane just to scare them into the other lane. And then they're like, thank you. And they just proceed. They don't pull them over or anything just to scare them to make them realize that's not where you're supposed to be. I love that. Another suggestion of what is an everyday common thing but should probably be illegal. 
making articles of clothing with fake pockets. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I Why would you even yeah. do that? If you're ma- if you're going to the effort to create the faux pocket, just put in a goddamn I pocket. I know. It's all about the look, isn't it? But there's so much convenience to the pocket too. I I I I never I will never understand that. It always pisses me off when I go to like Oh, there's a pocket too. Wait a minute. I can't even get into this. Why? You put a flap there for fuck's sakes. Why do you need a f- flap with a fake pocket? I don't understand. I bought a really nice suit one time and the inside breast pocket was sewed shut. And I thought, why would they put a fake pocket here? Until I was able to slide like my pinky finger through the hole and realize, no, that's a real pocket. They just sewed it shut. Well, that was an asshole move. I don't know why they would do that. If there's a pocket there, then let there be an actual pocket. You don't need a faux pocket. I got shit to carry. (laughs) Where am I going to put my pen? Come on. (sighs) Meetings that should have been an email. Imagine that. If it was illegal to waste people's time at work. Hey, everybody, let's go down to the boardroom and talk about uh, the schedule for December. Why don't you just email the schedule for December? That'd be yeah. a lot more convenient. Yeah, it's because you know what? It, you know, everybody listening probably has somebody in their office or has worked for somebody that just needs to make it put on paper that they got the group together, had a great brainstorming meeting, team meeting, whatever it is that you know isn't going to go anywhere, but they need to be able to tell their superiors that they did it. That's all it is. For the most part, I think our bosses are pretty good. Yeah, they, they are. U- they don't usually schedule too many meetings, but when they do, I do make a point of telling them this could have been an email. Dave, fuck off. You could have just emailed me that. <laughs> yeah. And generally speaking, Dave, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Asking yeah. people questions. Make sure you, you tell him that on Friday, by the way. I think he's going to be back. We should, oh, is we he? should also mention, I think, I'm, I'm not going to confirm it for sure, but it seems as though he, we might have potential to see him on Friday. We'll see. Really? I talked to him yesterday and he didn't sound very Not good. so much? Okay, maybe I'm wrong then. I don't know. It seems very touch and go. So I'm not oh, sure. For people that are messaging, by the way, asking about him, thank you for your concern. No, he does not have COVID-19. He doesn't have COVID. It's something completely different. And we'll let you tell him tell you when he comes back. Uh, one more I want to mention from this. Actually, two more. Talking on a speakerphone in public. Okay. Everything, everyday thing that should probably be illegal. Yep. I agree with that. Yeah. And asking people questions while you're in the toilet or using a urinal. Yeah. There's different settings where it's more common. If I'm using the urinal at Canadian Tire or Walmart or something, and there's somebody beside me, there's not usually a lot of conversation. Now, if you use the urinal at a Leaf game at Scotiabank Arena, everybody gets all fucking chatty, and I don't understand why. I don't want to talk to you about when Marner's going to start scoring. It has nothing to do with me. I'm taking a piss. (laughs) I don't understand that either. And I think that that's common. See, for me, I never get that. I don't, I don't have that experience unless I'm at a bar or an extreme social event like a, a concert or something. You usually have those chatty people. Even though you're in the stall and the door's closed, they'll still try to talk to you. And that's okay. I don't know. It doesn't bug me that much because I am in a social like environment anyway. But the bathroom? Yeah. It doesn't you bother me. Social? Really? Yeah, it doesn't bother. No, it doesn't bother me. Like if girls, do, girls are chatty in bathrooms. Like I think you've heard the rumors and they're absolutely true. And if I'm out at a whatever it might be, a, a concert as a good example, or let's say I do end up at a, like a nice, you know, lounge or something and everyone's having cocktails. Usually that's when the conversation sparks and it starts with something like, 
oh my God, I love your shoes. Where did you get it? And then you're like, oh my God, I got them at this place. Oh, that place is so hit and miss, eh? I'm so glad you found something good. Yeah, me too. You know, I just, it was so crazy. It was this much money. And usually it's like this much money. Wow, that's amazing. And that's, usually it's that kind of conversation happens. I, I, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Okay. So why do you look so happy? We're talking sandwiches today. Who wants a sandwich? I gotta eat my way out of a sandwich. I eat that sandwich. It's National Sandwich Day today. Okay. I think sandwiches would be up there for me. You know, when you have that hypothetical, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? In the past, I've said chicken wings, but I feel like I'd have more variety if I could choose a sandwich. What is your favorite if, if all the ingredients are there oh, you just yeah. have to put it on bread what's your sandwich and does it even involve bread you're keto yeah no but i mean there's keto bread i, I have sandwiches um really? yes oh, well don't say it like Come on. it's a common thing i didn't know there was fucking keto bread actually, where do you buy that actually anybody who wants to cut carbs um and and does like bread and doesn't want to give it up there's a great bread it's called keto licious you can find it at like a goodness me type store i believe f- you, Fiddleheads, if they don't carry it at the location you're in, just tell them you want to order it. It's called Fiberlicious Keto Bread, and it's amazing. It's only like two carbs per slice, whereas like regular bread's like, I don't know, 20. I don't know, or something like <laughs> oh, that. Shit. So anyway, it's very good. It's very soft. It's the closest thing to the OG bread that I used to have. So I love it. But anyway, for me, it's got to be like a club. I'm going to go club, club on this one. I like a hot sandwich. I, I used to love not the chicken cheesesteak, but I used to have a... Or sorry, uh, yeah, ch- was it, it was chicken. Yeah, it was a chicken cheesesteak. Not a regular like cheesesteak sandwich. It was a chicken version of it. And I used to love it. So like melted cheese on it, the whole nine. That's fine too. But I think if I had to stick with one that I could only have, it would be a club. And all the good ingredients would be on there. It'd be some kind of great meat, whatever it might be. Turkey, chicken. Then there'd be tomato and, and avocado. Maybe a little bit of mayonnaise on there too. Lettuce, the whole thing. That would be mine. Mm, that actually sounds really good. Uh, as far as takeout sandwiches are concerned, I'm going to hand it to the hook and ladder sub at Firehouse. That is a legit sandwich. The bread's good. The sauce is good. The toppings are great. That's a good one. The best sandwich I've ever eaten was from a restaurant in Lakefield, Ohio, just north of Cleveland. It's called Melt Bar and Grilled. They had a, a meatloaf sandwich. That was baked into a grilled cheese. Best thing I've ever eaten on bread. Wow. Yes, I remember. You talk about this place, and I have seen that episode, by the way, of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. And it's it, so good. It looks really good. Yeah. So that's a good one. I'm good with a regular old-fashioned PB&J, though. Yeah, there's nothing like a PB&J, and I'll make it for my girls. Because I haven't had like a PB&J in a long time. I think it's one of those things, as an adult, you feel like, oh. You know, I shouldn't make myself a PB&J. It seems like lazy because I'm an adult. No. I mean, if you like a PB&J, get it in you. And whenever I make it for my kids, I always say the same thing, too. In my mind, I'm like, man, this just fucking everything about it. And it brings you back to your childhood on top of it. It's kind of a comfort food. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, the prime minister wrapped up his trip to Scotland and the COP26 conference. Uh, Justin's done a couple of things. He committed Canada to being the first nation to put a cap on its greenhouse gas emissions from fossil fuels. This would be the ones that we take out of the Canadian soil, the oil and gas sector. So he's going to cap that. Okay. All right. Even Jason Kenney said he's not opposed to it. He just needs more details. The premier of Alberta. That was on day one. Yesterday, he made a plea 
to all of the world leaders that were in attendance and those watching online to put in a carbon tax. He said every nation needs a carbon tax. In fact, his quote was, a carbon tax is an extremely powerful tool in the fight against climate change. I'm going to call a bit of bullshit on you here, Justin, because our emissions haven't gone down. We've had a carbon tax for a while and they're still rising. So there's that. You also don't pay that carbon tax. In fact, the plane that you flew all over Europe on, uh, that doesn't cost you a penny, but it did emit quite a bit. I just don't understand this. It's not good, so tax it. And it's not just with pollution. This is the same federal government that thinks, you know what? You know how we'll get people to stop smoking? Put an extra excise tax on those smokes. I mean, maybe it did make some people smoke, but really it just caused the people who do smoke and who have an addiction to pay more. The same with alcohol, the same with cannabis, the same as things like that. I don't really know that we've looked at any other alternatives besides a carbon tax. But the reason that stood out to me is if you're one of those world leaders that heard the Justin speech yesterday and you happen to be listening to this episode of After Nine right now, we can't afford it. People can't afford it. It's a scam. It's a scheme. It's an ideology. This It's a, a left-wing ideology. Carbon taxes. You know, it reminds me of when the pandemic first began. Even in the first few days of COVID, Justin was on there talking about build back better. Let's build back better. Before COVID even started, they had this build back better scheme ready to go. And Joe Biden uses it every fucking day because it, too, is a left-wing ideology. And I just hate that we're not looking at any other alternatives. Instead of taxing, why don't they incentivize it? Why don't they say, hey, you know what? Listen, get those carbon taxes down. Here's your hard cap. And if you do it, here is what we will do for you. Maybe we'll offset it with some tax cuts. Mm. Maybe, just maybe, the government will license whatever technology you create to pull carbon out of the atmosphere and sell it worldwide. And you'll be the next Elon Musk. There's other ways to do it besides a tax, but that's what he's going with from yesterday. And yesterday, Doug also made headlines when he announced that the minimum wage is definitely going up. He got asked some fairly tough questions yesterday. Do you want to hear some of my favorites from Doug yesterday? Sure. Brenda Redekop with CBC Hi, News. How are you? Fine, thanks. Uh, you okay. mentioned to Colin that one difference between now versus 2018 is the pandemic. Another difference is that the election is coming up in a few months, and we've heard from your critics uh, them saying that they believe that that's what this is about, is trying to gain votes, and that your strategy has changed completely because of the election coming. Uh, what's your response to that? Well, number one, uh, with my credit, uh, critics, they've, they've sat by back for 20 months on the sidelines uh, you know, uh, trying to scare people, uh, misleading people, and they've just been critics on the sidelines doing absolutely nothing. We've been in the trenches. We've been in the trenches with the frontline workers. We've been in the trenches with the labor leaders. We're sitting down. We're, we're changing things. We're moving forward uh, with the economy. Uh, it's easy to play the armchair quarterback and, and take shots from the, the sidelines when you sit, sit down and do absolutely nothing and vote against every single thing we did uh and they'll probably vote against the minimum wage increase too because that's what they do so we're moving forward did he answer that question because um. i still can't figure <laughs> out if he's doing this because of the election Fuck you, Doug. <laughs> I, I honestly don't understand what that meant 
Yeah, I I didn't hear I didn't hear a clear answer to answer your question. Nope. No. I I, I that's what that's what politicians like to do a lot of the time, don't they? Doug's getting very politician-y. It was it's weird. It's almost yesterday. an election. <laughs> Seeing Why? him up there with what was it? Fucking Smokey Ford himself has actually called him a dinosaur. Uh, Jerry Dias was there yesterday. They had uh, who was it? Opsu was there at a conservative news conference. Unifor was there at a conservative news conference. And it's funny because they're all just using each other. Doug wants that optic of, look at me. Those NDP union leaders are standing behind me right now. Okay, I mean, yeah, they are, but the second they get an opportunity, they're going to fuck you as hard as they can. And they're probably going to unveil the ad soon. The don't vote for Doug, don't do it shit. They're using each other and they're going to turn on each other the next time there's a public contract to be negotiated. We see it coming. So it was very surreal yesterday to see Doug up there with the union leaders. I don't think that the relationship has been mended. But we'll see where it goes because it certainly is entertaining. One more from Doug. Awesome. Um, I wanted to follow up on your answer to Colin's question. He asked why you didn't let the $15 increase go ahead back in 2018, 2019, but you are bringing it in now. You said the difference was the pandemic. Does that mean we wouldn't be here today with this announcement were we not in a pandemic? Well, I just want to remind you when we we did take office, we gave a a lift tax credit. Uh, Anyone under $28,000 is paying zero tax. We have one of the lowest... uh, uh, personal income taxes in the entire country that other provinces don't have. So we were helping out on that end. We, we got the economy going. Again, I want to remind people, uh, this province was in a financial disaster before we took over. We had the highest uh, debt, highest higher rates. Uh, people lost 300,000 jobs. We turned that around uh, with the support of the people of Ontario to create the environment for 307,000 new jobs. That's 307,000 more people bringing home a paycheck and uh that makes a big difference did he answer that question because <laughs> i don't think he did but look i mean when it comes to that question of why why now and it, you canceled it initially i'm gonna give it to doug on this one i think it, there's a lot of truth to that myself personally i find myself spending more uh f- for my family i find the price of everyday things going up too it's probably something they did have to take another look at especially over the last couple of years and go shit prices have increased all over the place so i don't think it has anything to do with the win government i really don't i think that was a decision that they felt they had to make when you look at the world around us and how much the prices are for everything and it's not going to fix everything but they knew they had to do something so why not do it now what are they going to just not do it just to prove a point that nah we were right with the wind government shit does change there is truth to that so i actually i'm not going to be quick to press that fuck you doug button on this one scott okay that's fair i i did think it was funny that he pointed out how bad the economy was and yada 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 because um uh, it's pretty fucking bad right now doug <laughs> it's pretty bad right now and we've had a lot of businesses close we've got small businesses that are hanging on And the Chamber of Commerce and the Canadian Federation of Independent Business both say, while they don't disagree with the need to increase wages, now's not the time to do it. They are just hanging on. And I think this is going to result in a couple of different things as some of these businesses come out of COVID. January 1st, the new minimum wage kicks in and businesses have to pay it. It is the new minimum wage. But particularly where it comes to liquor establishments and such, where... 
uh, the, those servers went from $12.55 an hour to $15 an hour. There's basically a unified minimum wage as of January 1st. I'm already hearing from people that it's going to result in some temporary closures. There are going to be restaurants, for example, that are typically open from, say, 11 a.m. until 11 p.m. That are probably going to be open from about 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. And then reopen again at about 5 p.m. and stay open till 11 p.m. They're going to shut down during their slower periods because they don't want to pay the staff that kind of money. So I don't know if raising the minimum wage is going to necessarily solve the problem if there's less hours to be worked. Right. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how it works. I do know, though, that when everybody is making the $15 an hour in those minimum wage jobs, especially at first, because anytime there's a change, there's going to be a transition period. And while that happens, you know as well as I do, there's going to be companies that want to get rid of some people. You know, maybe it was okay at fourteen twenty-five an hour or whatever it was, but eh, once we get to $15 an hour, let's try and find some efficiencies. Let's try and figure out who can do two jobs for the price of one or whatever. Or they're just going to take the dead weight and fire them. So if you're not good at your job and you're just treading water, making it through, um, when these businesses reevaluate their staffing, uh, the cream is going to rise to the top and the rest, well, they could get let go. Which isn't necessarily a horrible thing because there's a lot of people looking for work. Sure. And that's the thing is I I think we all need to learn that we need to work hard if we want to get anywhere. Like you got to work hard. You got to be that person or else you are going to lose the job. I don't know. To me, it's that simple, but maybe that's just the way I was raised. So with that in mind, yeah, I totally agree with you. Hard work is uh, very uncommon for some people. But knowing that, that we've raised the the minimum wage to $15 an hour. And we know that there's going to be some businesses that cut some staff. There's going to be other businesses that maybe reevaluate their business plan and modify their hours and such. With that in mind, should we have gone further? Because the Ontario Living Wage Group, OntarioLivingWage.ca, if you want to visit their website, they, from time to time, update the true living wage. How much it actually costs. How much you would have to make to live in certain areas. And it's a very, very good breakdown. Not one of the cities in Ontario that's listed on their report has a living wage below $15 an hour. Not one of them. In fact, the cheapest is in Sault Ste. Marie, Northern Ontario. The living wage, you'd need to make $16.20. Sudbury, $16.98. In Southern Ontario, the lowest living wage is London, Ontario at $16.55. But then it goes up from there, Kat. If you live in, say, Halton region, your living wage is $20.75. That's the bare minimum you can make to be able to afford a place to live, put food on the table, and pay your bills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there is, to me, there's always been a difference between minimum wage and living wage. And I know it sucks because some people who are trying to make a living to run a household, whether you're renting or owning, doesn't even matter. You're still just trying to pay, pay those bills and you're trying to pay the grocery bills. The ones that not long ago we talked about are going up and up and up and you're on minimum wage still. It sucks, but it also wasn't intended to be a place 
that that wasn't intended to be your you know your starting your starting wage. You know what I mean? Like a living wage is different than a minimum minimum wage. Mm-hmm. You know, a minimum wage is supposed to be entry level. You're a teenager. Welcome to your very first job. Hey, holy shit! I've got money in my bank. This is crazy. Like I'll never forget the first time I got a check. Like that was insane to me, and I didn't give a shit that it wasn't a lot of money at all. I couldn't even tell you how much it was. I'm sure it was like a hundred dollars, and to me it was like, oh my god, I've got my own money. That's what the minimum wage is meant. It's not meant for people who have a home and kids. And and so it sucks that people are in that spot making minimum wage when they should be making a living wage. So that's going to be the argument, right? I guess. I mean, if we're going to raise the minimum wage, though, wouldn't it have made more sense to just rip the Band-Aid off and raise the minimum wage to the living wage? Uh, You run into so many problems when you do that, though. Then businesses have to fork up that much money that are currently spending minimum wage right now. I don't, I don't think it would work. I really, I really don't. I think it would put us in deeper in debt at the end of the day in terms of our, our economy would probably have a big shift after that happened. Muskoka, the living wage is $18 and 55 cents. It's $19 and five cents in Simcoe County. If you're listening to us in Ottawa, your living wage is $18 and 60 cents. The city of Toronto $22.08 $22.08 an hour yeah. is the living wage. Uh, uh, Waterloo Region, $17.20. I guess what this comes down to is if, for whatever reason, you're working a minimum wage job, maybe you're doing what you love, and it's a minimum wage position, you need a side hustle. You have to have something else in 2021 to afford to live almost anywhere in Ontario. You need to either... Get into the gig economy and drive for Uber Eats or skip the dishes, or you're going to need to sell something on the side. What we're saying is the minimum wage as of January 1st in Ontario is not a livable wage. So you have to come up with something or you have to make sacrifices. Uh, Do you need to eat? Because I don't know that you actually do. (laughs) You've got a roof over your head. What more do you want? Mm. Fuck. New clothes? Get the fuck out of here. No, just wear what you already had. Who cares if it's got some holes in it? Tough right now, man. It's really tough. I, I, I just think about all the people that are struggling to make ends meet, and there are more of them than ever before. Use of the food banks is through the roof yes. right now. Yes, it is. And, and I just think to myself, I almost wish that as much as it would hurt for the businesses from a humanity standpoint, that we should just make the minimum wage the livable wage and and it will result in in some job losses at first. It'll be a big adjustment for the businesses, but we'll we'll settle in. Uh, there was a time when we were paying what seven dollars an hour for minimum wage. I think when I started working, it was like six seventy five. Now it's up to fifteen dollars. Yeah. Could we go an extra dollar twenty five an hour in in places like London and uh, in in Kingston and places like that? Could we raise that minimum wage five bucks an hour in Halton or seven bucks an hour in Toronto? It's a major hit to absorb, but sometimes you got to invest in your workers. And and I don't know if that's something the businesses have to do voluntarily or if the government needs to mandate it. But I would say that if you're a boss and you're doing well, there's nothing wrong with taking care of your workforce. I really don't think there is. And, And if you own a factory in, in London, just because the minimum is $50, sorry, $15, doesn't mean 
you have to pay 15. You could pay that 16.55 an hour and get your employees up to that livable wage. And that's an important number. Because at the end of the day, we're not just going to let people get thrown out of their homes and live homeless. There's going to have to be some sort of a guaranteed in, in, guaranteed income supplement or something coming, and that's just going to raise taxes. By the way, what Doug did yesterday also raises taxes because the Ontario government gets a good portion of those payroll taxes. More people making more money means a tax hike. But it's not a tax hike. But it kind of is a tax hike. Now let Doug do the math for you. All right, Kat, that's all I got for today. Uh, are you doing anything today? I'm getting my winters on. Actually, I got to go. I got to go do that now. Aren't you going to be tired? I see what you did there. Uh, that's a morning radio joke. Rubber. There's got to be a joke with rubber in there, but fuck it. Okay, have, have a good day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Shanghai Disneyland. After one person tested positive for COVID, more than 30,000 visitors weren't allowed to leave the park until they tested negative. The parents were like, this is awful. Well, every kid was like, best day ever. Oh, my. Trapped in Disneyland? At first, everyone in Disneyland was mad. They had to spend hours sitting around and waiting. Then they remembered that's what they paid for in the first place. Oprah Winfrey released her annual favorite things list. Coming in once again at number one, being rich as hell. You guys hear about this? Apparently there are issues with the toilet on the SpaceX capsule. So four astronauts are going to have to use backup undergarments during their trip home. Meanwhile, I saw that uh, NASA astronauts used the first peppers grown in space to make tacos on the International Space Station. I said, figured, well, the toilet's broken. Taco Tuesday, anyone? Organizers of the 95th annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade announced this year's event will have a baby Yoda balloon. His name's Grogu, said every member of the marching band. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.